time! Jesus, that was actually easier than I thought. We're back. Episode 142, Muse Me TV. In the studio today, we have the one, the only, Andres. What's up? How's it going, man? Welcome back. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me again. Of course. You're a great guest. We always have a great conversation about music or something, man. So I was like, we gotta get him back on, man. Especially, uh, you've been working on a lot of music and stuff, too, and I want you to promote that shit, so. Hell yeah, man. I've been... I've been doing a lot recently. That's what's up. Uh, you want to give us a little rundown? Uh, let's start off by saying he was on the podcast before. Uh, he does play in a band. Uh, go ahead and give them a rundown of who you play for and what you do in the band. And uh, he's the jock. Just kidding. Man, I, <laughs> now I wish we had done this like a week or a month later because I have a couple of fun things in the works. But Ooh. I'll get to that here in a second. Okay. My, uh, my main band right now is Aralyn. Okay. Um, I don't even know how to classify genre, but for time purposes, it's like melodic death metal and modern progressive metal kind of fused together. So Dope. I don't know. And and if if you had the time, you can probably spend a whole hour explaining yeah. exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, um, we we do a little of everything, um, and that's been that's been going pretty steadily so far. Um, we're all. We've all, over the last year, gotten our own recording setups and have just been learning that realm of everything. So it hasn't been, like, slow going, but it hasn't been, like, just rapid movement either. Yeah. It's been a, a It's steady, a gradual build. Yeah, Very a gradual, gradual build of figuring everything out and everything. Um, you know they say Rome wasn't built in a day. Correct. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Guys, um, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, that said, we are... Hard at work on album two. Dope. Um, we had the first release. I, I hate saying we had the first release because I wasn't really a part of that. Um, I joined the band shortly after that first release. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Net throw that out there. <laughs> Anyways. Um and and yeah, so we're we're working on the second release. I believe we have twelve songs and like a standalone single. Dope. And you put a lot of work into that one, right? Yeah, I've done a lot of work for this one. I wrote two of the songs that are on the album as Old well as dope. the as well as a single. Um or at least I brought them to the table. There's been a little collaboration like in post, but like you have the main idea, yeah. the the riffage, and you're just yeah. like, yeah, this is this is what I'm bringing to you guys. Yeah, and I tweak a little bit. Yeah. So um, that's been fun. Um. Other than that, um, it's been kind of a balancing act with music and work. I work at an elementary school. Um, so during this whole COVID and lockdown and everything, that's been interesting to navigate because I have had a lot more time to put into music and stuff. And I've learned a lot in that time. So it's been it's been cool. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to have gotten paid this whole time and and still be able to work on your passion. Yeah, and have a lot more time to dedicate to that. Um, so that's been pretty rad. And uh, with that, man, I wish I could like formally announce more stuff. Um, Just drop hints. Don't even say nothing. I don't know. You're, this is your spot on Muse Me TV. <laughs> Whatever you feel, what you can, cannot. We'll we'll jump topics. We'll talk about other things. Yeah, I got you, man. Um, I'll I'll drop this one because I think like the official announcement is tomorrow or I think they wanted to do it today. So I'd... so this is live. So anybody that sees it will know the announcement, but they won't hear it unless they rewatch it a few hours later. It's all good. It, it it's all going live tomorrow. I'm not as worried about this one. Um, I've been working on music with my friend Albert Montoya. Dope. Um, 
and he has sort of an internet project called Black Cloud, and I recently joined on to that as well. So I've um, been working on that. The formal announcement that I'm part of the band is happening tomorrow, but oh, okay. for like the last sh- three weeks to a month-ish, I've been slowly working on their stuff too. Okay. Um, they just released a single, again, right before I joined the band, so uh, I don't want to lay too much claim to it, but it like just came out Friday, I think, so Black Cloud, check that out. Check that out. Um, and that came about from this other project I'm working on, um, which is sort of, I guess, like my kind of brainchild type thing. Um, I've been slowly building this project since, really since 2017, but it's um, it's finally all come to fruition this year, 2020. Um, the bad luck year, yeah. <laughs> but he still did it. There's some good luck in there. Yeah, um, and I, I talked to Albert about a year ago and asked him if he wanted to join in this project with me. And I, sh- I showed him one song that I had written. And I was like, cool, we'll write like four more for an EP. Um, and then we kind of sat on it, you know, life happened. And then quarantine hit. So I started writing and putting a lot more into all of my projects and stuff. So this one, I'm hoping we have a we have a pretty decent schedule for everything. I'm hoping there are no complications or forks in the road that like uproot all of it. But this one, I'm hoping to announce within, like, the next week. Don't quote me on that. Just being hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's looking like we will have an EP out in December, hopefully on Christmas. So that's going to be exciting. Kyle, what is up, man? He says, what's up from Ontario, Canada? Thank you for joining, man. 420. (laughs) Heck yeah. Hell yeah. What's up, Kyle? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, again, we're here hanging out with Andres. He's just giving us a rundown of his music and stuff that he's been working on. That's good, man. That's good. Uh, The best thing is always trying to find a level playing field in this COVID situation. There's people going crazy, like literally going crazy because they're not working or they're working too much Mm. or they just have maybe some family issues with uh, the COVID and everything. Like, I I really want to go visit my grandpa up in Taos, but I mean, Mm -hmm. he's old and I don't want to do something that just would make it worse like oh man yeah. I, I end up bringing the disease up to taos and then mm-hmm. everybody there was like well we were good until this kid came <laughs> yeah taos is like a, a lot more of like a tight-knit closed-in type of city and community and stuff it's yeah albuquerque is comparatively like sprawled out right uh kyle uh we'll have to go you'll have to go ahead and check it out on do you have anything uh you'll have to go check it out on spotify soundcloud all that good stuff he says can you guys play a song for me They'll have to. You'll have to go check it out. Go check it out, man. We'll we'll get some things going. I actually started to actually start jamming on the podcast. Oh, cool. So okay. if you have something that can plug into this small PA that isn't too overbearing, like weight wise, like you ain't bringing an amp or anything in here, but something that you can plug in there to get some cool sounds and shit, we we can throw a jam because we've done I've done that a few times with a few other people on here. I don't have anything on me. No, obviously, uh, yeah. But that that would have been cool to know. But for next time, I was gonna say maybe if we do another another repeat, we're gonna be you're gonna be here quite often. Hell yeah, you're 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 one of those recurring guests, dude. Oh yeah, Yeah. I enjoy I enjoy showing up. And Um, we like we like having you on too. I mean, we already have people asking questions and stuff, so it's a good experience with you on. Cool. Feel free to ask me whatever is being asked there. Hell yeah, man. Again, we'll we'll play some music with him. I'll get him. I actually had a Jaden on a few uh, weeks ago. I was seeing that. I was i've i've been buried in a lot of my own stuff recently so i haven't had as much time to like check everyone else out which feels awful like i part of one of the 
part of being a musician, one of the things I love about it is experiencing other musicians too yeah, and learning from them. But lately I've just taken a lot of time for myself. So I caught like a glimpse of that and I was like, oh, that's going to be sick. And then haven't looked further. And it was so. fun, man. I did learn a lot from him. Uh, got to see more of the, the, like what his aspects of music are and stuff like that. So that was really cool. And, oh, I, yeah. and I told him too, I was like, hey man, come back on. We'll do the jam thing. And he's like, I'm so down. Hell yeah. So we'll, we'll have to do that. I'm actually going to have next week, I'm going to have uh, Jesus. Oh, hell yeah. I love Jesus. Yeah. So he'll be on next week too. Jesus. And I don't know. I said Jesus. It's okay. He's, he's Hispanic and he knows it. <laughs> uh, the the crazy thing about it is uh, I'll do the same thing. I'll have him come on and then be like, hey, man, if you want to bring in your guitar next time, we'll do it. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I don't remember if I actually mentioned that last time you were on here. I, I man, that was like... I, got, I didn't even remember what episode you were. Do you remember the episode you were on? Uh, no, nah, but it was early. Yeah, you're you're one of the first people when I first moved into this house. Yeah, um, that was, it was like late 2017 or early 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you were episode number Jesus, I can't find it. Uh episode number That's so crazy. You are really down here. Episode sixteen. Sixteen, okay. Episode I... sixteen. And now on episode one forty two. Hell yeah, man. That's dope. That's one of those things though, the the practicing and the grinding of constantly mm-hmm. doing what you like to do. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, this is a, this is the same thing. It's a slow, gradual build. I mean, yeah. I get a small audience, a I few people say, comment. It looks in here a lot more like studio like yeah trying to get a podcasting i'm just trying to be a joe rogan that's all i'm trying to do i got you man i support it i support it all the way it's fun though and uh i i always try to keep something going on i'm i'm very like always doing something yeah always have the guitar i'm always streaming on twitch i do a lot of streaming of guitar on twitch and you'd be surprised at that it's just like hey man can you play this cool riff and i'm just like i was just playing maybe like drum beats or something like i throw Mm -hmm. there's this one youtube channel where i listen to where he just makes random drum beats and i just play along with them and stuff okay but that's actually really cool for like inventing ideas and stuff because i'll re-watch the stream i'm like oh dude that riff was so sick and i totally didn't remember it or just i was just jamming yeah man i i think some of the best songs come from a jam yeah absolutely dude um in fact uh to talk more about the project that I can't even name. I'm so sad. <laughs> project um, X yes, at this point. Project X. Um, hopefully, like a week or two, we'll be able to talk more officially about it. Um, but uh, so, yeah, um, we have like five songs for an EP coming out, um, as well as a couple of covers, but those are just going to be like standalone, but they're going to be fun. Um, but the first song that I wrote for this project. It's, it's gone through many attempted bands that didn't, like, pan out. Um, it started out, I was working with this kid from high school. His name was Jesse, and he was cool. Um, I honestly don't even remember why that project didn't end up working out, but I know, I, I know it just didn't. So I know this song very first started when I just went over to his house, and he started playing some drum beats, and I was like, okay, so something like this, and then... I kind of took it home and something stuck with me. So I was able to write a song out of it. And so I had the song living in my head for like two years. And then finally last year I started really putting away or putting um, my recording setup together. And it's weird. Cause looking back, like this is the first time I feel like I've had my stuff together. Um, but I did like the first demo recording of it almost a year ago and it was like, Oh, this sounds terrible. Oh yeah. But it's a recording. Yeah. That's the, that's the beauty of that. Yeah. I think that's a lot of other people start with ideas too. Like I could remember just using Audacity, just mm-hmm. plugging my into the microphone slot just to get the ideas saved. 
Yeah. So that I can always just bring them back. Be like, oh, this is dope riff. Maybe I should add it to something else. I've always been a good... Uh, I've always really liked playing for a long period of time, like a jam mm -hmm. session for like a good hour or two. And then in between those, just clip the stuff that I like and try to put it with Movie Maker. Oh, heck yeah. So if I like this riff, I'll cut that riff off. It's maybe like a good minute. Take that riff, put it there. And then I like maybe 40 minutes later, I like that riff. Yeah. And then I'll clip that and take it off and put it in right next to it, put it behind it, put it a little bit farther with a break. I, I try to find different ideas like that too. And I've found a very great avenue of just clipping your music in mm -hmm. different spots because you don't know what will click when you're playing. Absolutely, man. That's a great way to do it. Um, it's, in hindsight, something I've been wanting to do more of. A lot of a lot of music, especially especially during you know the COVID era, has turned, if not fully remote, like mostly remote. Um, so I haven't had as much just jamability with people as I took for granted pre all of this. Um, but like it, it's interesting because being in three projects now, the way we write is different for each of them. So like with Erilyn it's so counter to that and we've we've all wanted to just you know get in a room together jam out for hours on end and you know pick out the parts we like and put them all together you know yeah um but with the, the way erilyn writes we program all of our stuff on guitar programming software so like guitar pro or tux guitar or stuff like that um and we just send it back and forth and back and forth and that's been nice because with erilyn we have members all over the place so three of us are in albuquerque our vocalist is in Las Vegas, Nevada, and our guitarist, he is out in um, St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. So, yeah. Jeez, I thought you were going to be like, oh, he's in Arizona. Oh, he's in Oklahoma. No, no The Virgin no, he's, Islands. He's out there, yeah. The Virgin Islands. <laughs> yeah, he's out there. Um, He he got like a, I don't even know fully how it happened, so I don't want to speak too much on it in case I get the details wrong. But War. He got kind of a job offer, essentially, to go be an air traffic controller, and that's sort of where they had a place for him. Uh, so uh, it, it at first, it kind of took us all by surprise, or at least it took me by surprise. It just happened very fast. You're so emotional, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't leave. Uh, and and I, I think for, like, the first six months, I, there was a very large part of me that was concerned. It was like, I hope he doesn't, like, leave the band. That yeah. would suck, because especially a lot of the material has come from him. He's been sort of the core writer. Um, so, like, I wrote two songs for the upcoming album. He wrote the other ten. Okay, so. Um, so, yeah, I was like, oh, my. Um, and then after six months, he, like, didn't leave. So I was like, okay. This looks good. Yeah, it's, and now it's been, I think, two years out there. And uh, He does the same thing, processing yeah. the music, making it for you guys. Yeah, and, and he, he and I have been back and forth conversing pretty regularly. So um, how long was this, though? When did this happen? Because obviously COVID happened, and you guys haven't been able to do any shows. Oh, yeah. So this, how was it beforehand? Did he already move before COVID? Yeah, he moved way before COVID. He moved out in 2018. Oh, okay. So he was having to travel for your guys' shows. Um, No, we he, he wasn't able to make it out here. We had to get a fill-in guitarist for our shows. Whoa. Um, we got the almighty brandon chapman okay um, and that guy he's a beast he's one of the most intimidating players i've ever played with and like i don't like to say that because i don't i don't like uh i hate how cliche this is gonna sound but i don't like viewing music as like competition 
um, like I used to. Get out of my house. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I understand, too. It's weird. When I was younger, too, mm-hmm. oh, man, I was all about like, oh, I can't believe he's better than me. Right. But we all have so much individual skills and talents that mm-hmm. can't be matched with everyone else. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of what I've learned over the last couple of years, especially in playing with him, because like, I think he had, uh, if I'm being optimistic, I think it was a month before his first show with us. I think it was like closer to two or three weeks, though. Uh-huh. Um, I don't fully remember, but it was one of those. It was and a close crunch. It was a close crunch, and he had five songs to learn, um, one of which he had kind of started on a little bit and then kind of abandoned um, before he was way before he was ever a fill-in. Oh, okay. Um, but once we brought him in as a fill-in, um, he he did it. He <laughs> grinded it out or ground it out, and uh, first show with him was a success. He played everything. like I didn't notice any mistakes on his part or anything. Pretty on point. It's a show, so like little mistakes are bound to happen, so I'm not going to say they didn't. But yeah. Like, I, for the most part mm-hmm. and hearing us like at that time we were really together as a unit you never would have guessed that he had just started filling in for us you know been to two or three practices max so he's actually like if he was playing with you guys for a while mm-hmm. getting the skills and stuff yeah um he's and he ended up over that year year and a half period where he was playing shows with us he helped us out a lot um he got me started on the recording path that i ended up going down that like you, that you're doing now yeah we ended up um i feel bad one of the bigger points of contention during that time was we ended up i kind of made him record a song for us and in hindsight like i didn't realize i was doing it but i was i don't know i was kind of being like hard-headed and pushy about it um it's whatever like we're, we're all cool it was just kind of a point of contention at the time um but we had a show coming up and the vocalist didn't have the music he needed to go on. So I was like, let's just record the song so we can hear exactly what he needs to, to get going yeah. with it. And, um, I think it took like two days to tiresome and long days, but we got this whole song written and recorded and done and sent over to him so he could practice to it and stuff. Um, so that was interesting. And then, like other little things too, he he helped me, you know, dialing in live tones. We we set up each other's guitars a little bit and stuff like that. Like, he was more or less a part of Erilyn, if even if not like officially, he was doing a lot for Erilyn. So, big shout out to that guy Brandon Chapman because he he really saved us. Dope. quite frankly. Um, and the, if stuff does start going back, like maybe the COVID starts getting lifted a little bit, maybe they start doing more shows. He probably is going to be your filler in guitarist for those things hopefully um i don't know what his life plans are so he mentioned Jeez, you make it sound like guys are gonna get married <laughs> no. i don't know what his life plans are with me R- really no, no. right now <laughs> not like that um, <laughs> no um he mentioned that he was trying to move out of albuquerque and uh. if he wanted to move out of albuquerque we didn't want to like ask him to fill in from like houston i think is where he said he was headed everyone's going there man everyone's right. going to texas right that's weird I am pretty chill here in Albuquerque right now. Like the only thing why people want to go to Texas is because they're like, I'm give fuck. I need a concert. I need to pay. I need to get paid. I need to work because that's a touchy subject in itself too. Like mm-hmm. okay, COVID is out and it's killing people, but there are hundreds of people that are starving and don't have any money for work mm-hmm. as well, and they can't go back to work or certain things about it are cut down. Like we got lucky cause we have kind of an essential job like yeah. education and the medical field, mm-hmm. but 
car hop. I mean, uh, all these other kind of jobs that are just kind of social interaction that aren't there as much anymore. Look at how many small mom and pop businesses are going out of business. Like, it's a touchy thing, and I don't know what to do about it. Like, I don't want to be the asshole to be like, yeah, well, you better stay home and don't kill anybody. But then they're like, well, my family's dying of starvation. What am I supposed to do? I'm just like, fuck, this is a very hard time we're in right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I... I mean, not that I, like, super did before, but I really don't envy any politicians now trying to make any sort of legislations in place because now more than ever it feels like you make one move and 50% of people are like, oh, cool, thank God, and the other 50% of people are you like, messed I hate up. you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you do the opposite, and it's like the opposite, and you try to, like, I mean, life in in its entirety is a balancing act, but really with anything right now, it's a balancing act, like... I don't know. I just, I've been doing, especially when this first started in March, I kind of just went like dark. Okay. <laughs> I was, I, I took the staying at home very seriously, um, March through April. Um, not that I don't now, but like I'm here now. So like I, yeah. I take it less seriously than I did then. And there are some more uh, statistics and actual info that makes, makes this more acceptable that it's actually yeah. safe that we're at new mexico is really low mm-hmm. um we're doing a lot more to take care of us so th- the first question you asked before you came is like hey man is it covid safe i just yeah. want to make sure and that's that's an, that's what everybody should be doing yeah um and it <laughs> it's funny i've there have been a few people who are like yo let's hang out and i'm like well is it covid safe and they they like give they give that. me a look they're or like, they you're right or you can't even look at them so they give you dot 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 that too <laughs> like and i'm like i'm sorry but i so i live with a few high at risk or high risk individuals okay um, namely my girlfriend's mom is a cancer survivor okay um with from what i understand a decently weakened immune system she's also a teacher so that's been fun to navigate yeah. um, but but yeah, so, and like, it's funny, she's been kind of pushing me to, you know, go out and do more, but not too much, obviously, like, still be safe, but she's like, again, for all of March, I just stayed inside, I didn't go anywhere. April, I think I went to, like, a drive through once. One time. And I, like, kind of freaked out, so I, like, I went dark those The months. guy had his just, mask like this, and you're like, fuck! Yeah. I should have never came out! Yeah, yeah, literally. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna get up, we're gonna die on my... And, like, you know, I had, a, I had a couple of panic attacks in those times, because I just... I mean, the world just... It was going, and it went, stop. And I went from consistent schedule every day, five days a week, to doing my best, you know? Yeah. So... Finally, mid-April, I was like, I really need to be using this time to, like, work on music. Even if it's bad, it can always be improved on later, but I need to use this time to do what I can musically. And so that's that's part of where, like, the inception of this EP that I'm working on came out. Um, Please give it a name, like, a COVID name or something. This EP (laughs) has to be named after something in the COVID realm. Dude, I... Call it Bats. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see what I can do, my man. Because, I mean, you did. You guys made it during this kind of... You guys are working on it. Mm-hmm. Almost all your projects are all being done in the hush, like, you know, kind of working it by yourself, giving ideas yeah. to other people. You yeah. Again, you can't do the whole jamming thing, and that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's been... It's all been interesting. Like, just the... There's been a shift in everyone's worldview. That's the one thing I can say, like, universally. Hell yeah, build that wall. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, like, also kind of not. Like, I know people, 
I hate to... I hate that most things. You're now, so emotional, man. <laughs> I hate that most things now like have political roots and trace back to a lot of because, I mean, pre-COVID, I would say something like, "Well, I hate politics. I don't want to deal with politics." And now it's like, "Oh well, I, I, I breathe. That's a political opinion to someone, you know." Yeah. <laughs> kind of the same thing where I say something, and fifty percent of people who see it, they're like, "Yeah." This and is a- the other fifty percent are like, "I hate you, and I want you dead," and I'm like. You I'm know? sorry like I don't know this is what's crazy I wanted to bring this up with you too is like you posted that video of uh, uh what was it uh western music racism or oh I can't yeah. remember the exact so, title of it uh, <laughs> the title of it I think the title got changed because it was too like clickbaity um it but, was the title I don't know what the title was so but the the, the theme of it was music theory is racist that's what it was the ties music theory has to racism okay. yes um and it was more like the ties it has to white supremacy I thought it was an interesting watch of a video. It was. I um, liked it too. I saw it. Apparently, most musicians did not like it. Like, I finally just stopped looking at the comments because I got a lot of people like, this is bullshit, you know? Like, I, I was like, I mean... And so watching the video, the guy was just talking about like, yo, this was this a, was coined by racist people. A male, white, dominated mm-hmm. society coined yeah. what everybody kind of follows in yeah. Western society. Well, and there were other things and this is one of the things that got debated on it like he mentioned other types of theory right like indian music theory and yeah. russian music theory even like i've before i saw that video i freaked out because i was like dude that's crazy because even spanish have a different music theory mm-hmm. the way they say their chords and stuff they just go off of the scale of do re mi fa so mm-hmm. and i'm just like what that's so crazy yeah. why did i learn the stupid fucking e minor scale like this right and 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 a lot of the I guess a lot of the point was the stuff, modern Western music theory. Because, I mean, even that, right? Two weeks ago, I would have just said music theory. Now it's modern Western music theory. Except it's not modern. Yeah, it's like, very ancient. Yeah, it's dated. And it is music and it is theoretical, but it's for modern European music from yeah. centuries ago, you know? And they, they very purposefully ignored things other other cultures and styles use for theory. So one of the argument topics on that on that video that I got, because that makes it sound like it was my video. It wasn't my video. No, yeah. On the video sh- link that I shared, one of the arguments that I got was um, the guy was like, well, they're, they're not talking about like music theory. They're just talking about different musical elements. And I was like, I, I, I guess one of the one of the key factors of specifically, I guess, Eastern music theory, uh, that could mean like Middle Eastern, Indian, I don't know. Yeah, Asian, that, yeah, so many different categories. Yeah, so under the blanket of Eastern music theory, one of the one of the key factors they have that modern Western theory just flat out ignores are like quarter steps. So in modern Western theory, we have whole and half steps, right? So you know, e to e to f being a half step, e to f sharp being like a whole step, yeah. stuff like that. Whereas in a lot of Middle Eastern and Indian music and that general area, they do a lot of quarter step notation and writing like it i've heard of it as a microtones yeah yeah stuff like that because in between because this is the beauty of math and science as well is uh, if you think about it in between one and zero there is an infinite amount of numbers right and what's not to say between the letters of a to b with that scale form there isn't more subgenres of 
note notations. Very, very finely tuned. Like, look at dog whistles. Those are a very frequency pitch that only dogs can hear. And we can can kind of hear it too, but in a weird, different way. Yeah, yeah. Where is that on my guitar instrument in a way that's like... I can actually transition it so I know that I'm playing, like, the 10th octave of E or something. Right. And then, I mean, like, following that, right, we, we've we've established that whether or not, I guess you call it theory, because that was an argument. I don't, I don't even understand that argument, but whatever. Whether or not you call it theory, we've established that modern Western theory has ignored that, right? And so you look at why. I mean, for one, it is complex, it is more complex than a lot of what modern Western theory covers. Also, quick disclaimer, I'm not like a theory nerd. I don't same know. here, same here. But we know enough that mm-hmm. we kind of can dabble in the subject of, yeah. no, and we un- uncover more of music theory every day. So right. this is a great exercise for us as well. Right. Um, but continue, you you, you, you hate it. Just um, oh, no, I don't even, and, and that that's like one of the misconceptions. <laughs> I don't hate it. Um... I, did, I probably did just say I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> um, but, like, no. I, one of the misconceptions was I uh, I hate, like, the whole cancel culture and anti-cancel How bad it's thing. becoming, like, yeah. Like, I don't... So you're going to cancel all of music because something that Cardi B is doing with uh, Joe Biden? Right, and it, that was sort of the vibe I got from the comments on there. They were like, are, well, why are you trying to... I was like, I'm not trying to cancel anything. I'm just <laughs> trying to, like, hey... The person who invented this, the person who is still quoted in textbooks about music theory today was also, like, a known anti-Semite and racist and white supremacist. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that's something people should be aware of. Like, I, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. And, it, and it's not something that relates to the music. Yeah. The, you're not... You're not kind of owning slaves. You're not being a bashful person because you follow the Western music theory. Right. I Every single song that I have ever written that we've learned yeah it has been based in western theory it has done the same ignorance of other worlds of theory so like the goal wasn't cancellation it was just addressing awareness yeah there's been white supremacy that's linked in music maybe we can stop perpetuating that cycle by i don't know looking at what other people have to i you know i because I liked how they were showing other examples of jazz musicians and yeah. stuff, how they were talking about how they use other leading tones in their mm-hmm. music. I was like, dude, that's crazy because I hear it all the time. I've been, I'm a really big fan of Django Reinhardt. Yeah, yeah. And the way he actually does his core tones for his next leading solo is kind of like trippy. Like it's not supposed to, it's not something that goes into it Western music style. Right, yeah. But it has such a great flow and it sounds so great. That's why he's known as a gypsy jazz guitarist. yeah. yeah. And and following that, right, like, I I can't think of an artist who, I mean, I, I can't think of a top 40s artist who does this at all, but even, even following the styles of the more obscure, like, metal music and stuff that I listen to, that doesn't mostly, if not completely, follow Western music theory. I, don't, I think that's all they follow. Yeah, and it doesn't make them, that that alone doesn't make them. They don't own slaves, people. Just because they've... Shortly, right? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't... You know, some of the most outspokenly anti-racist people I know still follow modern Western music theory. And it's like that... Also, a lot of musicians I know don't even follow theory. They're like, I don't know, these notes sound good, right? Like, there's a level of ignorance to theory overall. That's what I've always... Professors that were always saying, like, yeah, learn music theory so you can forget it. 
So yeah. you can actually break all the rules to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that makes sense because there's so many ideas. I got into a, what unintentionally became kind of a heated debate in Guitar Center one time. Jeez. You know, right? was it with an employee or an actual other customer? Other customer. Douche. Um, oh, yeah, it was Hold great. on. Let me give you this. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? What do you got on Andres? And Go I, I noticed, like, I noticed myself getting louder. And then I noticed him getting louder. And I was like... You saw some people peeking their head like gophers? Yeah, I kept seeing the <laughs> eyes. And I was like... <laughs> so I, I finally just tried to, like, dial down the... Com- and I ultimately, like, it was a debate. I ended up conceding just so the yelling could stop. But this dude came in with, like, the intention of decimating me in this argument. So, like... <laughs> So what was the uh, um, the debate about? The debate was at the time it was like Deftones are amazing. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> wish it was that simple. No, um, at the time it was either 2016 or 17. I didn't know like hardly any theory. Okay. And the theory that I knew, I didn't know was theory. Like I, I had no idea what music theory was. Okay. I knew a little bit of elements to theory that I just didn't know. Like that was oh this is what music theory is right. Um, so the argument was, my side of it was, oh yeah, I think you can apply music theory without the knowledge of what it is, which the basis for that argument comes from, you take, let's call it your natural minor scale, right? Yeah. Those are that many notes that are available to you in, in a, a song. We'll yeah, say in, in A, because right? it's easy. Yeah. Um, how many pop artists, pop songs have you heard take that um, seventh scale degree, the G? and raise it up a half step to a G sharp to get that harmonic minor style, right? Yeah, very true. I had barely learned that by coming into this argument and changing notes, but still relatively, if not fully, in the key of A something, because modes all around, right? Yeah. I still don't know my modes. It's very hard. Right? Uh, I don't particularly like uh, lunch after eating. I think that's what it, the acronym. I don't remember, but I, I actually learned my modes from descending... Uh, from descending order okay so i learned uh, a a uh, the a minor the a minor scale and then from there i take out the fourth and the sixth and then it becomes the uh i don't uh dorian and then uh, phrygian after that after the three three four six and yeah see it's so complicated right but like you've written songs using these i've heard like when causes to become and taking heart would play shows together I heard you guys using musical elements that were not just natural minor. You know, yeah. y'all did the harmonic minor stuff. But a, like, a diminished or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't have gone up to you after a show and be like, bro, that diminished you did? Like, I would have been like, yo, that song was sick. Yeah. Song three, I think it was. Like, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't have been like, yo, that diminished? So my, my basis for that argument was, yeah, I've been using different elements of theory without realizing it. And you can apply theory without knowing it. And this guy just blew his lid. Like, he was like, you can't. You can't do that. That doesn't... And I was like... That doesn't mean music theory. And I was like, okay, so I didn't know this scale a year ago. I wrote this song using this scale two years ago. Like, what do you... How do you... And he just... He kept telling me I was wrong and that I didn't. And I was like, okay, but I did. So, I mean, and the argument just got heated and louder and louder. And finally, we're catching eyes in Guitar Center. And I'm just like, okay, dude, you're right. I'm full of shit. I don't know what I'm talking about. Good day to you. Yeah, sorry about that, sir. Right? Um, I don't even remember how we started talking either. Um, Just probably maybe heard you playing a riff or something. Or... Maybe that that sounds right. That's I usually the that's usually how it always starts. Is like they're playing riffs and then 
they like that riff you're just like hey that's pretty cool and then you're like oh well i actually kind of wrote that in a and then you're just like uh-huh. then they go into this whole heated discussion of well do you actually really know the a minor harmonic scale because that's not well it's played like, no i don't i did this did it work cool and, like, and and when I first started to play music too, I didn't really understand the actual difference between the major and minor scale, but right. I knew exactly the beginning start of most of the scales. Like if I started on G and I played uh, the third, fifth, and seventh fret, I know I was kind of doing some kind of scale. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't know exactly it was the minor. I didn't know it was the major. I didn't know there was an added seventh or whatever. Right. But you got the kind of just because of the ear play. Yeah. You can hear what sounds good to you. Yeah. That's, and, that's the beauty of it. Right? And so, I mean, I, I don't know where that guy is now. I wish him well. <laughs> he, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where he is. Wish him well. Right. But, like, I... Justin, come on in! I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's right there! We got him up! We got him here live! <laughs> you heard it all! I'm just kidding. That would have been hilarious. But um, that's the beauty of music. Like, uh, the way that it's taken from different uh, forms of culture and stuff too, like, yeah. dude, rhythmic movement, rhythmic movement in Native American music mm-hmm. is amazing, and I understand why a lot of uh, Native American stuff resonate with uh, heavy metal and like mm-hmm. rock music too, because of the rhythmic movement of it so much. Like, if you really listen to like a jazz piece or something like really obscure, like Aldi Miola or Paco de Lucia, there is no real good rhythmic movement that has you guessing it's more of like time signature changes key yeah. changes cool awesome discrete solos that are awesome but yeah in like mo- like even a zulu nation with african americans or anywhere where they have these rhythmic movements that i'm pretty sure got adopted from somebody where it's just like that is sick imagine if i put that in the double bass right and that's how it ha- dude that's how music has influenced i feel the world in that sense mm-hmm. get the ideas of it oh and it's that's a fun topic too because music is like a perpetually changing tapestry so i mean even in the last let's call it four years right because i believe i played my first show in 2016 okay um and that was like my introduction to the local scene and stuff that year so watching music change from that time period what i had known you know late 2015 early 2016 going into my first show versus what i know and i've seen now because like part of it is just discovery right all of the bands i listen to now I didn't. I've not heard of in 2016, with like two exceptions. Okay. Um, and conversely, there's also been a lot of change. If if you if you went back to me in 2016 and 2015, you would have caught me saying something like, "Oh yeah, I hate pop music. I could do I could do that all day, right? Like, yeah, it's so easy, so superficial. Blah blah blah. Same formula. Uh, now, um, I think this started or like really picked up at least in 2018 with me. Um, but I've, I've really spent a lot of time listening to pop music recently. And I don't want to be that, like that metal guy that's pretentious about not listening to metal. Cause I absolutely still listen to metal yeah. a lot. That's like your first love. Yeah. That'd yeah. always be our first love. And I still like, I, I've seen a lot of metal artists recently be like, yeah, I don't, I don't even listen to much metal these days. And I'm like, do you feel cool yet, dude? Yeah. I mean, if it's true, it's true. But a lot of people do it. And hyperbolize it just to, you know... Have, like, this image or, like, yeah. this persona that's, it's like... it's, like, okay, if you hate metal so much, why are you still playing metal? Like, right. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with liking metal. There's nothing wrong with liking pop music. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with liking more than one style of music, you know? Like, 
the music I'm making, especially for this project that's coming up, is heavier and darker than anything I've ever done before. Oh. Um, it's I'm excited for it, dude. Ooh. It's, it's yeah, it's fun. Um, it's it's different than anything I've ever done before. Um, but like, still by the same token, one of my favorite bands today is Enterprise Earth. Uh, I thought you were gonna say dance, Gavin dance. Oh, my favorite, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite band is. Dance, I Gavin always Gavin. see you posting something. I'm just like, God damn it, here he goes again. <laughs> I will never stop posting about dance, Gavin dance. And if you're gonna be friends with me, you gotta learn to love it. Cause... I put, I'll, I'll push the like every time, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So like, and and that's a great juxtaposition right there. You know, I've, I, dance, Gavin dance is one of the bands that I've listened to since 2015. Um, but like Enterprise Earth, more recently, I picked up and just really fell in love with. I don't know what it. I know a little bit what it is. I, I never got super into like deathcore and heavier down tune styles of music that are big and loud and to a certain point almost inaudible, especially like live. Yeah. The first time I saw Enterprise Earth, I saw their guitars doing like, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck he's doing, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Like, look how together they are. I don't know what it is, but I like it. You so know. in timing just so tight together yeah and so like this project that i'm working on right now is a lot again darker and heavier than anything i've done before but i couldn't imagine going up to like enterprise earth and being like yeah bro this is like so heavy because th they still dwarf my music right yeah and so i guess like the point of that was like gatekeeping metal right like by the same token i couldn't imagine going to a pop artist with this project and be like yeah my music's melodic too because like there's a difference so one of the big songs that got me into like a lot more of the modern pop music that I listened to was <laughs> Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Okay. Um, I absolutely adore that song and I absolutely adore Ariana Grande. Um, yeah, <laughs> don't we all? Just kidding. <laughs> um, but he, like, even more than just like, no, she, yeah, she's uh, hot. I, I get you. Yeah, she's hot. And, but, but her music is fantastic. Yeah, she's a wonderful singer. You like, would be surprised on where you find those niches. There's an amazing guitar solo inside a Paula Abdul song. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, where the fuck is this guy in the metal world? Right. Because he has his own genre of what he wants to yeah, do. And he yeah. maybe does or doesn't like metal, but he's fucking busting it out. And, and all these where people think that pop music is simplistic or easy. Yeah. Then you hear something like that and you're just like, bro. Right. Look at that. Or in your case, the Aria Grande thing. There's probably some great composition in there where you, that's why you're so impressed. Not even just that. There's a song of hers with a guitar solo that's popping off. And I'm like, I don't know that I could do that. And I've been playing guitar for like 13 years now. Dope. Um, like, and a, a, a greater example of that, on, on the way here, I was listening to The Weeknd. Um, another one of my favorites. Absolutely. Yes. More than just that song. That's so fun. I've loved The Weeknd for a while. Yeah. Um, but one of his songs that I love that doesn't get as much like appreciation or play as as much as I would like it to, I guess, um, in comparison to that song, right? Um, it's called Shameless, and it's just it's a chill little song. He's he it's very him centric, but it has like an acoustic guitar part at the beginning, and it's mostly acoustic. And so that was one of the things that drew me right away. I was like, ooh, it's acoustic, and it's got kind of like this dark feel. I'm loving this, right? And then in the middle, out of nowhere, comes this guitar solo that i personally think is more intricate than stuff like even metallica has gone into yeah and that's just in the fact that like i've learned the solo for one i've learned the solo for master of puppets i still haven't learned this solo and i still like am intimidated by it like, yeah it's something um, that you're just like oh man that's something that you listen to with like mm -hmm. intent to learn it but you're just like i'll probably wait a little bit yeah i've waited four years because it's just beyond me so far and i'm like and it 
the thing is too it's not even just that it's technical it's technical but it's not just that it's like the most technical but also the most well composed it's not just a million notes at a time it's so well composed it plays with the song perfectly and i'm like i'm listening to this song and i'm like that's still the weekend okay yeah and i mean obviously i'm sure you, I, you brought someone in to play that guitar i don't and i'm sure there was like a you know if you bought the cd like a little fine print credit and stuff but yeah like, still i heard that and i was like yeah okay so that whole thing about pop music is less um com- complex and less simplistic or more simplistic blown out of the water with this song and so that's one of the songs that got me just a lot more into the whole the whole thing of i can like more than just metal yeah um and even that like i see a lot of like death metal purists who only listen to death metal and that's cool they listen to a lot more obscure shit than i do but like that's horrible right that doesn't give more of an incentive to be of a I, I feel like you're more of a guitar player instead of a musician. Yeah. In that sense. Because if you start listening to other different aspects of music and mm-hmm. try to transition it to a guitar, mm-hmm. that has you more of building your musical repertoire. Right. Especially, like, one of the things that I've used to love is fucking New Mexico or uh, Mexican music mm-hmm. with the accordion. Yeah. That dude solos like a fucking beast. And I'm just right. like, if I can actually take one of his solos and transition it to a guitar... It would probably be so obscure with tapping, sweep mm-hmm. tapping, two-handed tapping. Right. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. And and I get that feeling. It's just like it's you hear it and you're so impressed by it and you're just like, how is this not to subpar with top metal guys? Right. Yeah. And and there's just a disconnect there for me because I I've also um I've been dabbling in singing a lot recently too. Dope. Um, I'm going to be doing the clean vocals for this project that I have coming up. Which you can't say. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, And, like, I've never done that before, you know. I've never recorded vocals. I've just been practicing singing, and I hope it sounds good. I'm not even going to say, like, I know it is going to sound good, because I don't. Yeah. I hope it does. Um, (laughs) I put a lot of work into it, so I think it might sound okay. There you go. You give yourself a little more credit. (laughs) But but that's part of, like, the, the appeal for pop music, right? Because, you know, the years I've put into guitar, and I just kind of started singing. I was like, fuck, I suck at this, right? So I started singing along to some basic pop songs, you know, Bruno Mars here and there, The Weeknd here and there, right? And as I'm diving more into it, I'm like, oh no, these guys are pushing themselves. They're yeah. doing with their voice what I do with my guitar, except yeah. more effectively because they have millions upon millions more streams than I do. And practice and actually yeah. more more time developing like you did with your guitar. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, it's... And then even more recently, I've been learning about production and like the, the art of, you know finalizing a, a song yeah. and stuff like that putting a lot of the effects that go into stuff that i never realized before there's an artist who i absolutely adore um that i've stumbled upon more recently um black bear he uh, he got famous with the song or not he'd been famous but he got like another tier of famous with his song um hot girl bummer i don't know if you've heard it um i don't think so i'll i'll send that to you at some point because it's a fun one um, it's been on the radio quite a bit now. It, it has just a super stupid, catchy melody. And I was like, it's a fun song. It's all right. But then I kind of dove deeper into his stuff. And one, the production aspect for all of his music, it, he self-produces too, from what I understand. And like, he it's goes a, hard with it. Dope. He, it's more than just, I think I'll put like strings there and... Record. And, yeah. And just like... A little bit of level. Mm-hmm. He's probably He's doing some meticulous. mad tweaks. Yeah. yeah, and 
he released a song with um Tim Tim Henson from Polyphia. Oh, dude. Right? I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And um Tim was doing the guitar parts. And I was like, "That's sick." And Black Bear engineered the way it all goes, but there's one part right when it hops into the first chorus where it's these insane vocal layers. It sounds almost robotic and almost like way too digital, except that it you know it's authentic. <laughs> Dope. Like, there's probably some pitch correction and stuff, like... Yeah, probably added, like, maybe three or four other vocals and stuff like that. Yeah, but, it, like, the brain power that went into that is the, the creative process that went into the production element of it, and that goes into the production of most pop music, especially recently. There's a lot of little nuanced stuff that I've been observing in pop music. Dude. Like, you know, metal, for all of its fun and glory, doesn't do this. Yeah. Like, stupid little just... Well, you have to find the metal that mm-hmm. does do that. Yeah. Because there are some metal that does do that. And 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 there's a, like, a spectrum, right? Because some of the more boring metal... Or, like, I don't even know if I can call it metal. <laughs> Again, walking up to Enterprise Earth, I wouldn't call these bands metal. But some of the more boring bands I listen to still get me in the same way. So, like, A Day to Remember, there is nothing intricate about their guitar work nothing super intricate about any of their composition or production but they're one of those bands that just hits me every time they're on and i'm like i'm in my feels you know and you get you get it too because they were one of those bands that kind of introduced you to music right absolutely yeah yeah. at at least on like this level yeah you know before before i got into bands like asking alexandria and a day to remember those were my two introductions into scene music right before that it was stuff like from metallica to disturbed and stuff like that yeah so um you know a day to remember and asking alexandria drew me away from that into the more at the time obscure stuff and then they blew up and from there i got into like i don't know born of osiris and periphery Dope. and then they blew up veil of maya stuff like that yeah. i like them they're pretty cool veil of maya is one of my favorites they're so cool in I've, my opinion i've always been a big fan of uh of uh i guess you could say music overseas because I do like a lot of the like uh, Norwegian black metal bands. Sure, yeah. I really love the way that they compose their music because it's so symphonic. I guess you can call it a symphonic black metal, but that's again putting way more genres into places right. they don't need to be. Right. But stuff like Cradle of Filth or Demon Borgir, where yeah. those are so dude, it's like a fucking amazing symphony, dude. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty that uh, the, uh, this is where I'm gonna bash on other genres of music is that. Metal is a little bit more composed in like a big way mm-hmm. with depending on the bands that you listen to. Like if you really get into it, you yeah. can hear bands that are just intense musicians, masters at what they do. Like look at how Dream Theater was formed. Mm-hmm. A bunch of dudes that went to a music school to learn music became one of the top fucking progressive bands out there. Yeah, right, yeah. So that just in that sense shows that you can take those elements of any form of music, anything, and bring it together. Because I like Dream Theater as one of those examples of like, you know, they kind of do stray with the metal scene, but then you yeah. do have these obscure lines that are out of nowhere these intricate keyboard lines that are out of nowhere that don't sound like metal they don't sound like they should be with metal but they do and they are yeah yeah man it's it's been and and that's a lot of what i've been learning over the past four years so in by the same token right four years ago the heaviest band i listened to was board of osiris probably they were like the heaviest and darkest you know closest to death anything yeah right um you know dance given in still being number one um 
so today, right, Dance Game and Dance is number one for me, but I've, I've also, in diving into the lighter side of, you know, more accessible, more easy listening pop music and stuff, I've also gotten into more death metal. It's not just like middle of the road. Well, it has to be metalcore that thinks it's progressive, but if I talk to, pro- to progressive fans about it, they're going to say, oh, that's not progressive, yeah. right? And it's not like, well, it has to be listenable. Like, it, now it's just like, I got to find something I enjoy about it. And that there's been something so freeing about that because there's something I can enjoy with almost everything I've listened to. You know, I used to be a lot more picky and I've gotten a lot less picky over the last couple of years. So over the last couple of years, I've dove more into like death metal. And I hate saying that because like I never used to be a death metal kid. So when I say that, people are like, oh, yeah, here are five bands you've never heard of. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't heard of those. They're like, that, that's probably, yeah. And so they're like, what, what, what death metal do you listen to then? And so, I mean, probably my favorite death metal band or technical death metal band or whatever is um, Archaic. They're one of my favorites. They're just, sometimes I don't even know what's going on in the music, but it's tight and it's together and it's fun. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening and that's okay. This is just good. And I'm banging my head, right? Um, another one is Alter Beast. Okay. Um, we in Ireland played a show with them back in 2018. That might have been Brandon's first show with us that I was talking about earlier. Dope. No, that was his second with us. But yeah, we played that show and I just, I I don't even know what it was, but I caught, I watched their set and I was like, I want more of that. So I started listening to their stuff and, you know, kind of fell down that rabbit hole of where they lead to. And so, you know, bands have been popping up here and there for me. So it's been a balancing act and kind of a broadening act instead of just listening to metalcore. Like I hate to say this even now, but in 2016, I was like a gent and metalcore purist. Just that's it. Yeah. You know, death metal's too heavy or it doesn't have melody. That's gross. Or yeah. pop music's too soft. It's where's the too... time change yeah. or where's there more intricacy? Where now I'm just like, you know, man, that guy's having fun. I enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> I, dude, I've actually discovered that a lot too in uh, country music. Like uh, yeah. Brad Paisley blows me away on that guitar. Yeah, that's. Something. I can just fucking sit there. I mean, the songs even too are kind of obscure and dumb. Like, uh, there's this one song I've been listening to called "Mr. Policeman," where all he does is talking about like he has a cool new car and he just r- runs from the cops all day. <laughs> that's all this guy this guy does. But the riff is so sick. The guitar solo in there is so amazing. Yeah. And the lyrics are kind of cool too, and you're just like, "Hey, hey, Mister Policeman, right? Come and catch me or something," you know? Oh, yeah, dude, that's it, sick. It brings that aspect of so many different different elements that I love. And he's a great guitar player, and you yeah. you start to listen to his lines and stuff. You're like, "Dude, that sounds, dude, that he's just fun." This is going back to Western music theory. <laughs> All he's doing is playing the E minor harmonic scale right. with a little bit of twang and a cool little bend on the on the third. That's it. Yeah, something like that. And then you end up discovering more of like. He has this really cool guitar. It's a Telecaster, but when he, uh, I guess when he like bends or when he pushes the guitar down, the strap oh, has like a, yeah. like a, on the strap, there's a thing that automatically bends the G string for him. Yeah, I've, I've heard of those. The, the, that thing looks so amazing. Like right. it's, we were just with one string and the, the contraption in the back, when you flip it over, it has like a bunch of springs and stuff, mm. but it just acts like a, a kind of, you know, you know, kind of like Buckethead's guitar yeah. where it hits like an elastic. It's kind of that same aspect, but when the elastic moves, the G string bends up. That's sick, man. So I can think of some cool ideas already where you're just like, right? And well, like, imagine what that would do for like a metalhead stage presence, right? 
Like, especially you get... Uh, metal is one of the more guitar-driven genres, if not, like, the guitar-driven genres, especially the more obscure and technical you go, right? A Very lot true. of it is so guitar-driven. And a lot of the... Especially in the more technical and progressive genres that I've seen, especially prior to COVID more recently, um, I've seen a lot of guys who make this fantastic music and they're just, like, standing there and playing. And it's, like, they're motionless kind of robots on stage, which that doesn't super vibe with me i mean do your thing but like it would be cool to see you guys move and also have fun to your own music right and it's like that that alone right there imagine what that would do for these bands that are just you know yeah it'd be it'd be another a different aspect to it for sure yeah and and i don't know at this point i think music is about to see a big change um like another just decade of paradigm shift spot spotify yeah um that's killing it and, you know, for what it's worth, I do really enjoy Spotify. I used to share the things like, oh, Spotify only pays their artists, you know, this much, and that sucks. They should pay their art. Now I'm like, they also don't have to pay their artists. Yeah. Like, it's cool. I mean, it's not much, but Spotify also does more. For putting your platform out there. Yeah. For And so, I mean, when I look at the goal, right, the long-term goal of music for me, it obviously isn't to, you know, stay in my bedroom programming shitty riffs on my computer, right? It's, mm. <laughs> I want to be a little more than that. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm not, I've heard a lot of musicians say that the dream is to, you know, just make enough money to live off of it, bro. Like, yeah, I just, I just want to make enough money to live off my music. Anything else after that, like, I'm not too worried about. It's like, yeah, that that's a pipe dream nowadays, but it, it can be done, I suppose, especially if you're, you know willing to sacrifice the the creativity for more superficial art and stuff right yeah so like and that's where a lot of the the polarization between metal and pop music comes from is like well i could just dumb down my music and it'll be heard more and to a point that's true but also like over the last year i've been reanalyzing and my goal super isn't to make money off of my music anymore like it just that's just not the goal for me anymore. Um, anymore, the the main goal is to just bring in more listeners who are going to enjoy it, you know. Okay. And so with that will inevitably come money. Like if you have enough listeners across the country, that's a tour, right? You have yeah. enough listeners across the world, that's world tours. There's money involved with that. There's also a lot of money lost with that, you know. Periphery came out, I think, in 2017. Their guitarist Misha Mansour, right, and Periphery is one of the flagship metal bands nowadays. Yeah, like the dude makes distortion pedals and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like they have, they're staple. Yeah, they 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 have so much claims to fame with their name. Uh, pardon the rhyme, um, but their guitarist is like, yeah, we don't really make money off of Periphery, and half of the internet just got mad at that statement, and. I understand that. Like, Misha Mansour, the guitarist from Periphery, has a Lamborghini. Yeah, I know, right? I, yeah. <laughs> but we don't make money off of Periphery. But there's also some truth to that, you know. Um, a couple weeks later, one of the bands I enjoy is called North Lane. Their vocalist came out talking about how, you know, they're from Australia. Their primary listener base is in Australia and the United States. You know, it's eye level with each other. And then subsequently Europe, Asia, and South America, everywhere else, right? Um, but Australia and the United States are like the two biggies and touring for an Australian artist in the United States 
is just financial hell turmoil for them and and touring from europe right one of my favorite bands is monuments and they have lost more money than i've ever had trying to tour in the united states and it's like that sucks so my thing is so much less about making money off of music now because like money is great but you, money isn't the end goal it's and you just, could think of it in other ways too it's like mm-hmm. your music comes out for people to entertain and in that aspect what they have maybe they want to support you in other ways yeah. t-shirt keychain sticker you right. know there's so many different avenues and just like why don't i get a hundred thousand dollars for this record like right. that's not how it works in this sense you go to yeah. concerts and you go to go sell yourself before you make any of that money mm-hmm. you put yourself out there and if they like you they'll go buy your stuff they'll be like that's cool right and go check out that merch you got a vinyl fuck yeah i'll buy that vinyl but you have to put it out there first at a loss yeah. before you can get any gains back and there's a large level of i guess johnny alcoholic thank you for joining he just says what's the topic uh we're just talking about music different things about dude we jumped everywhere <laughs> yeah you got to listen to this this po- podcast we jumped everywhere and dirty snow thanks again uh just tuned in what topic are you discussing we're discussing anything we're just talking about music at this point just the way that it's been impacted on us and obviously it's uh he wants to put his music out there for people to hear not yeah. in a sense where it's just like i made this amazing album i have to be paid for it before i put it out there yeah like that doesn't work if i never i'll put it to you this way if i was guaranteed tomorrow guaranteed a million streams minimum on this new ep that i'm working on that's hopefully out christmas right but i was told oh you're not going to make a dime from it sign me up like hell yes what are you talking about? I'm not going to make a dime from this EP to take home to put in my pocket, but a million people will have heard my song and like that that'll be the general listener base. Hell yes. I think that's the goal mm-hmm. is the essential thing of what we're doing. Uh so unfortunately, I mean, uh, I I I've always I'm always always going to be a musician at heart. That's my mm-hmm. life. Like that's the first thing I started yep. to do when I started to grow up. I started at 16. Like music is my thing. Yeah. So I I still always play music, but recently for the past this last year, I dabbled into comedy. Yeah. Stand-up I've been comedy. A bit about that. And you would be surprised how fucking similar it is. Yeah. It, oh my god egos these people thinking they're better than other people because they've been on stage longer Mm -hmm. oh my god it's so dumb but what i'm trying to get across is that like we have to put our ideas and stuff out there to Uh see if they like them i can't have a joke that i wrote in my room i think it's funny as fuck and then when i go out there nobody laughs what am i expecting am i expecting that's gold why is nobody laughing at that you don't even know if the stuff that you're making is that amazing because i mean uh, we have a passion for our love of the music we make yeah but there is a wide spectrum of people we have to entertain oh yeah no that's a great that's a great point right i am putting together this ep on purely nothing more than just this is music i've enjoyed i am my own biggest fan i I hear a lot of artists talk about how oh i don't really listen to my music i jam my music all the time you should i love my music um and right now I have it recorded and I just sometimes I'll put that on in the car instead of Spotify because I enjoy it, right? Yeah. Like and 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 that's a that's a 
I guess that's synonymous with conceit for a lot of people. They're like, you listen to your own music. I personally haven't gotten that, but I've, I've heard of people who have. They're like, you listen to your own music? And I'm like, for me, I'm like, hell yes, I do. I enjoy the shit out of it. And at the end of the day, I want to be the one who enjoys my music. I want other people to enjoy it too. But I mean, it's going back to what I was very first saying at the beginning, right? Um, music theory is like, racist? No. <laughs> um, going back to what I was very first saying about like being a politician right now during the COVID era. It's touchy. Um, you know, a politician breathes and 50% of people are like, I love this individual. And 50% of people are like, I want them out of office, right? Simple as that. It's the same with music. If this sounds like such a cop out, but if, if you put your music out and you're the only one enjoying it, I personally feel like you're not working totally hard enough on developing a fan base, especially just because, I mean, this is the way I see it. I don't know if this is the way anyone else sees it. I, again, will, I will support a band if I think they're good. And I will absolutely stand a local band the same as I would like Dance Gavin Dance, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, Jaden could tell you all about this, but you had Jaden on a couple weeks ago. I absolutely stand Patema, right? I love Patema. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are very few, I guess, projects I've heard, sounds that I've heard people curate and create, right? Like, develop on their own that I've been like, nah. No. <laughs> like, there, it's so few and far between, right? Like, Causes to Become. I loved Causes to Become's music, and I love seeing you guys live. You guys always got heads banging. You guys always got people moving, and it was always just a good time. Yeah, especially the fact that we wanted to have that energy on stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, we were fucking doing dumb stuff just to be, let's get everybody involved in the song. Yeah. Like, let's get everybody moving. Absolutely. And and that's something that's lost nowadays. Now it's, like, a corny thing to move on stage and, like... I like how you said that, though. I've noticed that a few times, too, where, like, really intricate guitarists, I know they're really good and they're mm -hmm. really doing some really intricate stuff, but they don't move at all. Right. And that's weird. And, and like, for me, right, Erlen was just a step up in technicality for me, you know? Like, I tried to write as technical music as I could when I was in Taking Heart, and that none of that held a candle to what I was learning in Erlen. In Erlen, like, I had to learn to think about music differently to play Erlen stuff. Okay. And I don't... That sounds like I'm gassing it up way more than it should be. I don't mean to do that. It's just like... It was different. It was very different. And so Erilyn... I don't know. I'm not the cleanest guitar player in the world. I'm never going to like pretend to be. In studio, I will absolutely go in and make sure it's perfect. And live, when I replicate it, there will be imperfections, right? Yeah. That's, that's just kind of where I am as a musician. And I'm, I'm open about that. A lot of people get mad about guitarists who are like, oh, they're perfect in studio, but they suck live. And it's like, for me... I could probably play it perfect live with like a couple of mess ups here and there if I was standing still and being robotic, but fuck that. You know, you go to a show, you don't want to see, man, these guys are really technical and, and they're just. And you know what it is too? You get better with the more you try to do it. I yeah. mean, yeah, you might mess up a few times, but that's yeah. when you get better. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe I actually nailed that while headbanging. Yeah, yeah exactly. First few Ireland shows were flops for me. Like the first, definitely the first, third one went okay. And then the few after that, they were just complete flops. I was like, it. I knew how to play the songs, but the minute I walked on stage, I like forgot how to play guitar, right? Yeah. But nature of live music, especially metal music, is there's a level of it you're not going to remember. You're not going to hear. No one has seen Erlen that I'm aware of in the time that I've been in Erlen and been like, okay, that thing you did at this 
this particular section of the song, you know, three minutes and 45 in song three, I checked that out on the record and I heard exactly where he did it. No one has done that, right? Yeah. They, they're focused live on the energy and the movement. And if anything, they're like, mm -hmm. oh man, that's so cool. I didn't hear that on the record. I can't believe you did that. Exactly. Where they take that aspect of, because it's mm -hmm. a different idea, the different yeah. feelings of what you're doing. Maybe you want to just drop a, an effect or maybe it's just like a yeah. good slide or something. It comes in. And, and, and that's just something, it's interesting to me. I, the last show Erilyn played, we played alongside a few locals. Let's see if I can remember all of them. It was, um, Kill the Bandit Leader and the Atlas Below. Uh, who opened it? Oh, I feel so bad for not remembering. I don't remember who opened that show. Whatever. Um, it's Kill like comedy. You don't remember who right? opens. <laughs> um, the headliner was Enterprise Earth. And I love Enterprise Earth. They're one of my favorite bands. So I was like super excited. For show. Yeah. And it was at the venue Eclipse. I don't know if you've ever, ever been there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a fun little venue. I think we had a crowd of like. 75 people so you know not was, the grandest but, but it was packed it was a little packed and so i i brought i remember this is the first show i was super gassed about like all of my live tones i had spent hours and hours dialing in my axe effects to sound perfect in a venue right and i didn't even end up like i saw the crowd and i was like you know what i'm not even gonna bring this uh foot switch on stage to change all my tones and stuff because like i have different tones for the lead rhythm and clean and everything right yeah um and i just didn't bring it because the that venue was so packed and it was loud ever the nature of the show was just loud so um i kept everything on my main rhythm tone and the whole the whole time i almost forgot i was playing guitar because the entire time we were just focusing on getting the crowd moving and that that particular show we had the most mosh pits of a show of a crowd that i've seen while i've been in Ireland. dope i think there were like two in our death metal song and like one per each other song and it was like people were jumping with us people were headbanging with us it like it was one of the most involved shows i played ever and like no one came up to me from that show like two weeks later saying oh yeah dude your guitar work it totally reflects what's on the album you know at the show it was like wow you're good at guitar and that's I was like, dope thank yeah. you and they're like you know complimenting what they saw there yeah what can i hear this or where can i hear this and then conversely i'm looking at the footage from that show and i'm like holy shit i'm moving around a lot but what are these notes i just miss note miss note miss note yeah and people were complimenting me left and right at that show and i was like just okay. take it as it is man right so there's a level of yeah, you want to be accurate. And it wasn't like I was, you know, just super <laughs> guitar no, guitar hero noises. It wasn't so much that. It was just like, oh, that could have been better. That could have been Yeah, better. just that a little mess better. up, yeah. too. You hear it. But the energy of that show was the most, I guess, like fluid and lively of a show that I've played at all in 2019 and, and do you really feel ever. like do you feel like you guys help bring it to that level too like it, obviously when you guys hit on stage they weren't already jumping and going crazy you kind of had to yeah, build them we, up to where you need them to be and that yeah if if we were all just sitting there you know no one would have been impressed by that yeah no one would have been like cool it's a lot of notes i want more of that they would have been like really i did okay <laughs> right you know like the whole fun of it was getting people involved and moving and, you know, having a good time with the show. That's, and I mean, again, it's all a balancing act. I'll say that a million times before I die, but it's all a balancing act, right? You want to be the best you can be at playing your material while also being the best performer you can be. Right. Because 
in a recording, you're not seeing my face. You're not seeing what I'm doing. So I don't have to record and headbang like so. Yeah, if anything, right? you could sit down if you wanted exactly. to. Exactly. I, I, all my recordings, I'm just sitting in my chair like this, like. Just trying to get it down, yeah. Getting it as perfect as I can. But live, it's like, oh, that's not going to be perfect. It's going to be fun, though. Yeah. Um, and again, it comes with the practice, too, because mm-hmm. say you guys make this album, you go on tour, play at least 10 to 15 shows. Mm-hmm. Within the fifth to sixth show, you're already starting to get the groove of how yeah. to like re- re- recover or even, oh, yeah, I'm going to mess up. Guess what? I'm going to practice it so much that I know I don't mm-hmm. mess up when I do that dip or that yep. that little thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, so yeah, that that was the one, the one big bummer for 2020 for me. Because, you know, 2020 has been the bane year of everyone exi- of everyone's existence. Right? Everyone's They're been like, pretty sad. I hate this year. This year sucks. This year has been, like, mostly good for me. The one caveat there is Erilyn had quite a bit of traction leading up to the COVID. And much as I hate to say it, it, it slowed us down. I can't say it, like, derailed us or anything, but it slowed us down. And we all had to kind of, you know, take a step back and regroup. Yeah. Excuse me. Um... But yeah, we one of the things we were looking at was a summer tour, which would have been my first tour with the band, my second tour ever. It would have been their second tour as a band, you know. Would have it would have meant a lot for us and it would have been good momentum and energy coming into recording an album, especially, you know, we're like right there about to start this process fully, right? Dope. Um, so that was one of the big bummers of COVID for me is all of the hype and all that. The yeah. build up, because because mm-hmm. that's the hardest part about any kind of like entertainment business and stuff is to build the fan base, is yeah. to get people to start to come and follow you more. You can always introduce them to the music and be like, here, here is my CD. Hope you like it. Yeah. They will, they might, but then it comes into more of an like mm-hmm. posting up your shows, posting up when you guys are actually doing stuff. And yeah. like you said, building the following. Yeah. That's what a lot of people I feel don't do is yeah. like they have so much ambition of being a musician where they mm-hmm. miss the marketing aspect of being a musician, yeah. which kind of sucks that that is there, but mm-hmm. it's there and you kind of have to account for it. And <laughs> I've heard a lot of perspectives on that too, right? Um, and it's it's interesting because, I mean, again, I'm in three bands right now. Each one is doing things a little bit differently. Part of the way Erilyn established a draw was through shows and playing and building crowds that way, right? right the whole after thing. I love that so much. After the show, people are just coming up to you and yeah. you're just like, hey, how's it going, man? Hey, yeah. you have to kind of sell yourself. Yeah. I always did a thing. Um, we had stickers for our merch spread and, you know, a lot of shows cost anywhere from like, what, 10 to 20 bucks, maybe 25 for a big one, right? Yeah. So, you know, you get people who are lower to average income who want to come to shows, right? They already spent their the bulk of their spendings on the tickets so they don't have money for things like shows right or sorry for things like merch, merch yeah, yeah that's what i meant to say um so i always did a thing that was at least if you ask me i think it was mutually beneficial so like if, it is if they liked us and they wanted merch but they didn't have the money for like the t-shirts or the cds or anything i would give away a sticker i'd be like yo if you can follow us on spotify or give us a like on facebook you know show us some sort of social media interaction just here's a sticker right right and i would do that as much as possible because like it was just easy and that's how we gained 
a little bit more of our listener base. Yeah. So, like, I push Spotify more than I push any other streaming services because it's just kind of the main. Right now, yeah. Like, it's super big. Yeah. YouTube That's... is up there, but, like, I can't take YouTube in the car and watch, like, videos while I'm driving, right? right. Spotify I can put on and, like... Just let it go. Mm-hmm. And But you'd be surprised how much people listen to music on YouTube. That, too. Which... I'm just like, what the hell? Like, that same song is on Spotify. Why don't you just look it up on there? It's like, no, I already have it on my playlist on YouTube yep. and stuff. It's like... So those have been the two mains that I've pushed, but um, Spotify has been number one in that regard. Okay. Um, and our Spotify listening on Erlen is it's interesting. We have not like the lowest numbers or like as low numbers as one might expect. I think our most played song has like two thousand something plays, which I mean isn't super grand. Two thousand is a very attainable number, but it's something, right? Yeah. Um, our our monthly listener base fluctuates and things have been kind of dead right now just because, especially on social media, Erlen's been dead, but we've just been working on putting together the recording setup so we can get as good new material as we can. Right, did I find it? Uh, yeah. Verified artist, nice. Thank you. 32 monthly listeners. See, that's kind of pitiful, but um, streams, I don't know if it still shows them. It used to show them on like the top five. Um, how weird our top five has changed. Um, it used to show them. It would be like sub a thousand or one thousand twenty-two or. Something I think it like does. If I sign or I don't have, I'm not logged in on this computer, but I think I it does you. say that. Yeah, but like our, our Spotify listener base has been not dead comparatively, right? It's gotten, and that's a lot of how is like, you know, you don't want to buy a t-shirt. That's fine. You don't have money to buy a t-shirt. That's fine. Here's, here's a, a li- sticker. Here's a little uh, Give us a listen. statistic on where people are listening to our Air Arlen. Hell yeah. Uh, seven, uh, Albuquerque, there's seven monthly listeners, Chicago, three monthly listeners, Rio Rancho. I love how it's under Chicago, right? (laughs) Two monthly listeners, Houston and in Dallas, you guys have two monthly listeners on each. And see, so like those, those are super low numbers. Are those places that you've guys gone to though and already played? Well, I don't think you guys have gone to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Have you, but have you guys done any, anything in Texas or anything like that? In the time that I've been Ireland? No, no, no. Okay. So that's that's actually really cool though that you're reaching yeah. more than just your local area. Yeah, and I mean half of that comes from shows and half of that comes from you know just whoring ourselves out online, kind of like you were talking about. You know, yeah. look at me. Right. Yeah. Because I do like when you post your videos of what you're working on. Thank you got you. to just showing people, hey, I'm working. Not only am I working, I'm working for the band. So mm-hmm. check out my stuff and go check out the stuff that I'm working for the band because. You like my stuff, right? You yeah. see all these likes and all the videos that I'm putting mm-hmm. up. Go transition that to my music because right. that's what I'm working on. Yeah. And and there there are multiple avenues of gaining different listeners. A lot of the listeners that I personally have just talked to and, you know, I guess like mutually exchanged listens with, right? It's been talking about, you know, music gear instead of music, right? Okay. Because um, I, especially over the last couple of years, I've become a huge gearhead. Um does that make you sound like you work on cars? Oh, yeah. No, not, that, not that kind of gearhead. Not that kind of gearhead. I don't know anything about cars. He ask. drives a Kia Rio, people. Just kidding. I don't know what you drive. Kia Soul. Soul. There you go. <laughs> that's that's a gearhead car. Right? But, like, in terms of... Music-wise. Yeah, music gear. Like, I, I'm in a lot of the gear forums on Facebook and stuff, and I made a lot of friends that way, and that's gone into different conversations. I made a lot of friends with like audio engineers, right, who love to check out the latest gear because it's something they can use to better, I guess, beef up their portfolio kind of thing. 
So I've made a friends with a few audio engineers who were like, yo. What's up? Wants to work on the new Erlen? And I'm like, oh my, this is... Post a meme. Right? <laughs> but I mean, beyond that, I've made a few genuine listeners with that. Or at least friends who are aware of what Erlen is doing. So like, when new Erlen drops, there are going to be people who absorb it. It could be 10 people, could be 100 people. Either way. Somebody. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. And that's something I'm super excited for. And that just comes from, you know, talking to people and promoting yourself as much as you can. Now, for Erilyn, right, a lot of that came from shows and the live act. For my other bands, it's all starting on internet, especially most of them have started in the COVID era. So... Make it sound like it's been years. Right. We've been in the COVID era for years. That's how we started. Has it not been years? Dude, we've been, it's, 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 I've lost count. Just, right. It's pretty bad. It's, it's a time, man. This is, this is a time. It is a time to be alive. I think we just hit six months today, actually. You think so? I think. I, I, could, I could be wrong. If, if you're a conspiracy theorist, this thing happened two years ago. So. That's true. <laughs> That's true. There is a bunch of speculated theories of why this is mm. happening and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, uh, Andres, that was fun. We've, we've been here for an hour and 20 minutes. Has it already? Wow. Yeah, we're just like chilling, just having, having a conversation, man. Um, if any of my listeners or followers want to follow you on what you do, where, you, where they can find you, give all those plugs out. This is the time to do it. All right, plug time. Let's do this. So, uh, yeah, this is the noise for plugs, and it's about to be plug time. <laughs> Go ahead and drop those plugs, sir. All right, so Aralyn... That's A-A-R-A-L-Y-N, because everyone misspells it. And it reminds me so much of Hank Hill's hometown. Yeah. Arlen, Texas. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, we are on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, probably on other stuff, but those are the mains. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I would definitely say check out the Arlen Spotify. That's where things are most lively. Sadly, um, YouTube, we're, we have some videos coming up, so probably subscribe to the YouTube if you want, like, playthroughs and stuff like that. Um, Black Cloud is on Facebook and Spotify, and I think YouTube, I don't, I, I'm new to the band, I've been in the band for, like, five days, so. So you're still discovering more. Yeah, but follow Erilyn and Black Cloud, and I, personally, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I don't really do any other socials than those two, but I post a lot of, like, guitar videos on Instagram, sometimes on Facebook, um, so... If you like those, yeah. And then, yeah. You heard it here, folks. You guys make sure to go follow him. Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, everywhere. Everywhere music is available. Just go look oh, it yeah. up. That's literally all you have to do is just yep. Google Google it, and mm -hmm. it should come up. That's all I did is just Google Arlen, and it came up. So you guys make sure to look that up. Uh, we'll have we're gonna have to have you back on, dude. And we'll do the jam session. Yeah, man. Let me know. That'll be fun. If anything, we'll just get it done in a few weeks or something. Yeah, man. Get a couple more guests on under my belt, and I'll just be like, hey, man, time to come back. You ready? Yeah. We'll get some things going. Sounds good, my dude. Everybody, thank you for listening. You guys are awesome. Muse Me TV. You guys know what to do. Just hit the follow, subscribe. I don't know when I post these, so literally you just have to have the notifications on because if the notification's on, it'll just be like, ding, he's live, ding, video just uploaded. So make sure to do that, guys. Uh, Google Muse Me TV because you will find it. I swear. It's just one of the first things that pops up, Muse Me TV. Look that up. We'll actually have some more guests coming up here during the week. Uh, stay tuned and...
dude thanks for coming man yeah man thanks for having me appreciate you brother hell yeah let's do this (laughs) 